You might be afraid that if you express your needs or set a boundary, that won't feel good for the other person. But in reality, it demonstrates that you value yourself and people will value you more. I call these moments moments of truth. When something rubs you the wrong way, doesn't feel quite right, but you don't speak up or you minimize your needs. And those moments of truth are your opportunity to show the other person that you value yourself. This is episode number 593 with Trevor Justice. We're talking about how to break free of one-sided relationships and many other things related to that topic, which I'm very excited to talk to Trevor about. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Wiener. Welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date. And to support you on your journey to lasting love, I've written two books. The first one is Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And this book is really for women, but actually men can benefit too. It's uh, filled with about uh, 30 tips each each week. I actually bring a tip on the podcast from the book. And um, they're all about core confidence, how to build your core confidence, how to learn, how to show up, stand up and speak up in your life, because this is really what leads to the best life you can have. And the second book is called Choice Points in Dating. And this book was written because so many people believe, number one, that they don't have a lot of choices. Like I was born this way, I was born into this family, I have anxious attachment, I'm an avoidant, whatever. Whatever you believe you have that limits you in finding lasting love, I uh, refute that in this book. And I help you to think about love differently, to learn how to pick your best partner, how to date online, how to date offline, how really it's a primer for dating in general, when to stay, when to go, how to make all the important choices and decisions in love. And so both of these books are available on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. And this week's tip from the Woman of Value book is the last tip in the book, step number 30, which is if you want something, ask for it. I spent a lot of time in my life not asking for what I wanted, and nobody knows that you want something unless you speak (laughs) up and ask for it, right, Trevor? (laughs) So um, my challenge to you this week is if you want something, whether it's at work or in a relationship, speak up. People really can't read your mind, and you get none of the things that you don't ask for. Um, Before I bring Trevor on, I just want to invite you to join my Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. It's for women only, women over 40 who are interested in growing on the path to love. It is really one of the most unique groups out there because it is not a place to come and complain and just bitch and moan about how horrible dating is because that does not help you at all. It just, most people come to groups just to get support for their horrible opinion about dating and, (laughs) and about men. And yeah, you can find that on most groups, you know, Oh, men are terrible. Dating sucks. 
That's not what my group is about. We have very strict guidelines that keep the group safe and sane. And it is a place to grow and learn. We have incredible monitors, it's hard to say that word, moderators who help me run this group. So come and join us at your last first date. And now for my guest, Trevor Justice. He is a relationship coach and he specializes in anxious attachment relationship skills. He's also the author of Attract Love and Respect, Five Ways to Be Valued in Your Relationships. He empowers people-pleasing women and so-called nice guys to come first for a change, leaving frustration and disappointment behind. I love it. Welcome to the show, Trevor. Glad to be here. Let's talk about some common dating advice that's actually not good advice, like play it cool. So many people are told, you know, be the cool girl, be the cool guy, Mm -hmm. or let the other person set the pace. Why is that really bad advice? Yeah. Um, Grace is a woman that we worked with who did exactly this. She she was playing it cool, didn't want to didn't want to ask for too much. And it's a, it's a problem that's really common if you're used to people pleasing. And unfortunately, if you're kind of a people pleaser or a nice guy, you tend to put other people first, put yourself second, and you let them do that. In fact, you teach them to prioritize what they want over what you want. When that happens, people don't value you as much. They, they can tend to take you for granted. And by it's kind of counterintuitive. You might be afraid that if you express your needs or set a boundary, that won't feel good for the other person. But in reality, it demonstrates that you value yourself and people will value you more. And I call, I call these moments moments of truth. When something rubs you the wrong way, doesn't feel quite right, but you don't speak up or you minimize your needs. And those moments of truth are your opportunity to show the other person that you value yourself. I mean, people value you as much as you value yourself. Very true. I recently was working with a woman who had a shocking breakup. She was blindsided and they had been together a couple months. And um, all of a sudden he said, well, I'm not looking for anything serious. And she was shocked. She thought they were moving in that direction. She told him she had deleted her, her profile online. And, and um, so she said, how can I learn to ever trust somebody again? And I said, what I want you to do differently next time is speak up early on. Say mm-hmm. yeah. what type of relationship you want is exactly what you're talking about here. Because when we come across as ambiguous, as we're not really sure, well, we'll do whatever what they want to do, then we will be treated exactly like that. We'll be treated as a last minute option, as somebody who doesn't really matter. And and this is such a big deal because I think so many people are afraid to say what they need and want. Mm -hmm. And that's why today's tip is to ask for it, because if you Mm -hmm. don't, you don't know. And you may find out early on that you're not on the same page, but that's good, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Could I share a personal story to demonstrate the point? Sure. Okay. So back in 2016 and 17, I was dating somebody who I was really crazy about. I really wanted her to, I really wanted to win her over. 
But for months, we didn't have any physical intimacy except for kissing. And at a certain point, she said to me, and, and there was always kind of little um, fault finding, you know, which I just let her do. At a certain point, she said, well, I think maybe I could open up to you more if you put on some more muscle and if you took me out to expensive restaurants more often. And, you know, I really did want to win her over, but it didn't sit right with me because I have, you know, I'm happy with my body. I have, I want to make a difference in the world and do things that matter that more than spending five hours a week in the gym. And, um, and I value financial security. I really got burned in the last recession. And, you know, now having money in the bank is really important to me. So, of course, you know, I treated her to the kind of restaurants I go to. But, and there's no right or wrong here. It's okay for her to have those needs and ask for that. So I'm not, I'm not trying to make her wrong or saying that I'm right. It's not like that. She's entitled to those needs. But for me, it was, she was crossing a boundary saying that that's, you know, that just didn't felt, feel good for me. So that was a moment of truth. And I did something that was really hard. I said, no. I said, you know, this is why I'm not willing to do those things. And surprisingly, this is why it's counterintuitive. That's when she opened up to me when I said no, because I demonstrated for the first time probably in our dating that I respected myself more than I feared upsetting her or losing her. Many times you do find that people respect you more. I, I dated somebody many years ago who started giving way too much too soon and I did not respect him. He started buying me things. The first date we had, he brought me a gift, uh, a big gift. It was <laughs> totally outsized. Um, it was a personal gift, something that he had made. And I was so uncomfortable and lovely, lovely man, but too much too soon. It didn't even feel like I was being seen. Mm. And I wanted somebody who was discerning. I wanted somebody who I you have to earn somebody's trust and somebody's love. You don't just get it here. Here mm. you go. Here it is on a silver platter. And mm. uh, there is a level of respect for people who say, you know, that doesn't work for me. I mean, essentially what that woman was asking you was to be somebody you weren't in order to please her. And you mm. said, no, which is wonderful. It's a good, good story. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about people who are anxiously attached. Many of our listeners are. And uh, tell us a little bit about what anxious attachment means. And when they're dating somebody who is slow to respond to a text or a phone call, what should they not do or say? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So they're Anxious attachment means that, like me, you really value closeness and togetherness and frequent contact. I'll just say quickly, avoidant is the opposite. That's somebody who um, values their space and independence and may feel smothered or overwhelmed by too much contact or too much closeness. And secure people, people who have secure attachment, are had really great parents and uh, are kind of evenly balanced, right? They're not thrown off kilter easily by what their partner does one way or the other. But 
because I'm on the anxious spectrum and so is my fiance, I really understand firsthand what it's like to have this attachment style. And I've, I've dated people who are very anxious and avoidant. <laughs> um, so to go to your question, imagine that you're at an amusement park and you go in a fun house. You know, the fun house with the mirror that makes you look super tall and skinny or, or super short and wide. You look at your distorted image in the mirror, but you realize that's not really what I look like, right? I know this is a distorted image, so you don't get worried. It doesn't freak you out. When your mind starts to worry because you haven't heard from somebody, you texted them this morning and now it's five or six o'clock and you haven't heard back, it's helpful to recognize that your, your anxious mind is distorting your thoughts. Just like when you're looking in that funhouse mirror, your image is distorted, your thoughts are also distorted. To have a consciousness about, okay, this is my anxious mind that's freaking out right now. When we're anxious, we have a tendency to jump to conclusions, assume the worst, and it is important to express your needs. But I really recommend that rather than uh, repeatedly sending texts or calling, if you've already sent, you know, try to reach out once or twice, if you really feel the need to write something out about what's, what you're going through, I would journal at first. And when you speak to your partner, whether it's a call or video or in person, don't start with blame or accusations. Start by genuine, start by expressing genuine curiosity about what was going on for them. And there's two reasons. First of all, you want to know if they're actually willing and able to meet your needs in the future. If you kind of press them to do better in the future, they might just tell you what you want to hear. And it might not be what they can really follow through on. So that's one you want to, you want to know what they are really willing and able to do. And yeah, actually, <laughs> I think I covered both of them. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, and you don't want to if you're if you're blaming and accusing, it's it may push them away or have them get defensive and and make them want more space. One thing that's really important, I'll, I'll just say one more piece about this, and if you want, we can expand on it. Of course, you and I are both preaching that we people ought to express their needs. But there's a helpful way to express your needs that brings people closer and opens them and evokes empathy. And there's also a making wrong way, right? That makes the other person wrong with morality about what's good and bad, what's right and wrong, what, what they should or shouldn't do. And so that can make people shut down or get defenses, defensive or feel pushed away. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. So give us an example of how to evoke empathy instead of 
getting your partner defensive or upset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in my book, I have um, something called the magic request formula with six steps. And I can share a few of them here if you like. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing is, as you, as you mentioned on one of your podcasts, vulnerability helps people feel your heart and it helps them have compassion for you. So the first thing is to acknowledge any emotions you have about the request you want to make. It would be great to use words like, I feel nervous, I feel worried, I feel afraid. So it could be, um, and I, I've, I've used this language in my with my fiance and my clients now use it as well. And um, it could be, there's something I want to talk to you about and I feel nervous to bring it up. Or... Um, I have a need that you may not know about, and I, I feel afraid of your reaction when I tell you about it. Sandy, as I say those, those phrases, how do you feel when I say, I feel nervous, I feel afraid? What, what's the impact on you? Um, I guess what comes up for me is um, I want you to know that you don't have to feel nervous. I'm creating a safe space here. Like I'm not going to attack you. It kind of creates that safety to bring it up mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that's exactly why i recommend this because the other person will then come towards you and be more open to you and want to care for you uh, the yeah. second step is to is to guess what you think their needs and feelings might be in what's happening so let's say um one of my clients grace when she started with us she would go to a party with her boyfriend and he would leave her by herself and go mingle with other people without her. And I guess maybe he imagined she would just, you know, find other people to talk to. And she had a hard time asking for what she wanted, which was for him to stay by her side at the party. One of the steps here, or the second step, is for her to, to guess what his needs and feelings might be so that he doesn't just feel attacked. And so she said something to the effect of, I imagine that you, you need some freedom at the party um, and, um, and you feel, I don't remember what she said, maybe, and you feel happy mingling with other people or catching up with your friends, maybe, um, you know, your guy friends about some things that might be private. So, and then if, if those weren't the needs and feelings that he has, he'll probably correct her and say, well, actually, um, I feel this way or I feel that way. But if if he were to correct her, then that's great because now, now he's getting heard. He's feeling seen and he's knowing that she is, she cares about his world and his needs. After that, um, you want to exp express your positive feelings when your need is met. So in this example, she said, you know, when you stay by my side at a party, I feel safe, I feel safer, I feel happy, and I feel connected to you and excited to, to be meeting your friends and have you meeting my friends. Then she, the next step would be to share negative feelings when that doesn't happen. When you go off by yourself, I, I feel alone, I feel disappointed. Yeah, like that. Mm -hmm. So is there a direct request coming after this? 
<laughs> yeah, there's a few more steps. And, and the okay. final one, of course, is to make a request um, and to ask, would you be willing in the future to stay with me when we go to a party together? If that was if that was the, the case, you don't want to make it demanding, right? Where it's like, and you don't want to make the other person wrong. Like, you know, it's really insensitive when you leave me alone at a party or you should, you, you should know better, right? Something like that. Or that's not, that's not considerate of me. Those are all things that would make the other person wrong. Right. They're all judgments. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Right. Oh, and thanks for bringing that up because, um, some people tend to think their judgments are their feelings and they'll say, I feel that you were inconsiderate. Mm -hmm. I, I feel that you didn't care about me. But like you're saying now, right, those are not really pure feelings. Those are judgments. So um, we helped Grace to, to use the magic request formula and to focus on feelings and needs. And by, by the end of our work together, uh, her boyfriend was in daily contact, which was a big thing since he travels a lot. Um, he he planned a romantic trip to Italy that he took her to. And since then, he signed for a mortgage so she could buy a home and be a homeowner for the first time in her life. Wow. It's a great, great ending to that story. Yeah. Um, but this, I love this formula because I teach a lot of communication skills as well. And this sounds like it's based a little bit on nonviolent communication and really getting rid of all the judgments and all of the, mm -hmm. the ways that most people come in with defensiveness. Um, I, I just started teaching my online dating course again, and we were talking about must-haves and deal-breakers last night. And one of the women said, I need somebody who's a good communicator. And I said, what does that mean? And she said, well, I'm not so good at communicating my needs. So I need somebody who's better at at that than me. And I said, well, that would be wonderful, but you both should be working on communicating well and not rely on the other person to say the hard things because we all have to be working on these skills. It's, it's really makes or breaks a relationship. Mm -hmm. You come in attacking or you come in with compassion, kindness, and empathy and vulnerability like you said i'm i'm nervous about having this conversation and you know when you do this i feel this you know and i like that you also bring in the imagination of what the other person what their needs might be and mm -hmm. because we're all trying to satisfy needs at all times whether mm -hmm. it works for the other person or not but it's the interpretation of what those needs are and what the other person is doing that really gets in the way of relationships. Mm, yeah. Since you mentioned the interpretation, one of the challenges of being anxiously attached is that when something rubs you the wrong way or you don't feel valued, you always, you tend to make it mean something's wrong with you, right? The four most common beliefs that can sabotage us are I'm not good enough, something's wrong with me, I'm not lovable, or I don't matter. And if deep down you have a belief like that from childhood, it's going to be harder for you to 
express your needs or set boundaries because you're because deep down you you don't believe you deserve better or that you or that you could attract somebody who would treat you better but the thing of it is when you when you feel that fear and you express what you need or you express a boundary anyway not only it does it does several things so first of all not only does the person you're dating find out how how you want to be valued but you also teach your own heart that you deserve better and that's actually huge i think that's even bigger because if you don't end up staying with this person forever those little moments of truth where you teach your heart oh i deserve better than this change what you believe you are worth and what you deserve and that changes your vibration and 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 how people who will be attracted to you in the future and how they will treat you it's a good point I think that often we we put this pressure on the person that we're dating has to be the right one. And if it doesn't work out, it's a failure. And I think that every relationship can teach us if we're actually taking the time to learn. Mm -hmm. And knowing that felt sense of how I want to be treated. Uh, the woman I was talking about before who was blindsided by the breakup, one thing I said to her was, look at how you were treated in this relationship. It was better than any other relationship she'd ever been in. And I said, you're going to want to feel that way again. You're going to remember that feeling of somebody who cared enough for you to take care of you, to open the door for you, to pay for you occasionally, like really somebody who communicated much better than anyone else in the, in the past. And I think if we can hold on to those memories, not that this person now has to be the one and now I have to win him back, but I want to remember that sense of being valued. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And people value you as much as you value yourself. Correct. Yeah. It's the conundrum of how do I get to feel more valued if I don't have a sense of being valued, but it is, it's a process and we do have to be in active process around it or mm -hmm. we don't, or we just keep repeating patterns and keep getting these one-sided relationships. So let's, let's talk about those one-sided relationships where you're working too hard to win the person over You're mm -hmm. people pleasing, you're doing all the things that negate your own needs and only have you focus on somebody else. So how do you, how do you break free of those? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we've touched on uh, some of the things like expressing your needs and setting boundaries. Um, which of those two, do you think that one is more relevant or more common amongst your listeners? So my way of looking at those two things, because I teach both is that boundaries protect our needs. So we have to identify our boundaries and our values first, and the boundaries then protect what's important to us by how we, how we speak up, what we say about our needs. But I think needs come first and mm -hmm. boundaries come to protect those. Mm -hmm. How about you? What do you feel? Mm. Yeah, I, I often describe boundaries as something feels like it's too much or crossing a line. 
and needs are you're not getting enough if 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 you're not getting enough of something then it's a need if you're if, if something's too much or crossing a line then then that's a boundary but going back to your question about one-sided relationships yeah when you believe deep down that i'm not lovable something's wrong with me i'm not good enough it's really hard to in those moments of truth to express your needs or set a boundary because you fear upsetting your partner more than you respect yourself. And so that's a big part of how we help people is to embrace and replace what we call a shadow belief. Those kinds of beliefs that are left over from when you were hurt or disappointed or shamed as a child. Embrace and replace. Um, that's great. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah. mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're walking around with these sabotaging beliefs, you're going to keep getting what you believe. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. you've talked about a few people that you've helped. You've talked about your own journey. And mm -hmm. um, so give us an example of what you embraced and replaced in your own life. Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, so for me... For many years, I was telling myself that I wasn't masculine enough. I was raised by a single mom who was a feminist, you know, <laughs> and she sort of uh, taught me that gender roles were a thing of the past. And um, you could say she feminized me. So as an adult, some women were attracted to that, but a lot weren't. To my, I call it a yin-yang balance. Right, that's me. But now I, I accept that I have that balance. Years ago, I didn't, and I judged myself as not masculine enough. And so if something would happen, if I got rejected or someone broke up with me, I would always, like an anxiously attached person, make it mean I wasn't good enough. Something is wrong with me. I need to be more masculine. And relationships reflect back your beliefs about yourself. So when that woman um, in 2016 and 17 was, um, she was reflecting back to me my own doubts about myself. And so through going through accepting all of the qualities about myself, all of my judgments about myself and becoming okay with them, it changed who was showing up, the women that showed up in my life and that became my girlfriends subsequent. Um, another client of ours named Teresa had a similar thing. So she's a grandmother and a CPA who'd been married at some point and is now dating. And she, her whole life, all the men she ever attracted treated her poorly or treated her as a low priority, including her husband. And really underneath it was she didn't think she deserved better and she never asked for better. And we did this shadow work together that I'm talking about where she, it's a little bit edgy, but she listed all the qualities about herself that she judged the most and felt the most shamed about. We made a personality out of each one. So for example, if you were anxious, it might be anxious Annie, right? Or for me, um, maybe I'd say feminine Freddie, right? Was, would be one of mine. And, um, we go through a process to discover what are the gifts of this part of yourself 
how is it actually serving you or protecting you? And um, we go through a process to help you accept those qualities. That's embracing the shadow. Yeah, that's a really important piece of work. Yeah, I think you know to turn to sh to see the the superpower in the things that we often think are the worst parts of us. Mm -hmm. Like sensitivity is a big one. I think a lot of people think sensitivity is a bad quality. And a lot of times it's just harnessing that quality, you know, not being so sensitive that you can't be around people, for example, but mm -hmm. to learn what do I need to recharge? What, you know, what do I do at a party? You know, you brought up the party situation. That's a very mm -hmm. common thing where people have different energy levels and different levels of extroversion and introversion. And instead of letting it get in the way of a relationship, we can learn to embrace the introvert part of us, the extrovert part of us, and use it in a way that is positive instead of hold us back. And I think, you know, this is such an important part of how we grow as people, how we grow our self-worth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Which That's all of what we're talking about, expressing your needs, setting boundaries, demonstrate higher value because it demonstrates that you value yourself, that mm -hmm. you respect yourself more than you're afraid of upsetting somebody else. Right. And and uh, would it be okay to just finish the story I started? Oh, sure. Um, I mentioned Teresa and, and by the end of working together, she had finally found the courage to break it off with the man who she'd been obsessed with, who kept breaking dates. She realized we helped her reframe her beliefs or the meanings or interpretations to realize that when he did that, it was no reflection on her self-worth. And it was just about him and what he was willing or able to do. And by the end, she was dating a guy who she described as perfect for her, who was going out of his way to keep his word calling and texting her every day and just treating her as the priority that she had wanted to be for so long. And it all comes back to her beliefs about her worth and what she deserves. Thank you for sharing that. So my final question that I ask everyone, Trevor, is what are your final words of advice for anyone who wants to go on their last first, first date? Mm -hmm. The best way to encapsulate it is People value you as much as you value yourself. So you may not, I'm not saying to go on your first date and make a list of Here's, here are all my needs, right? But things are going to come up organically. Maybe you're hoping that if you're a woman, maybe you're hoping that the man will pay for the dinner or the coffee or whatever it is. Or actually, I should take the gender roles out of it. Anybody could be hoping for that, right? <laughs> that, that who they're with is going to be generous in some way. And let's say that the person doesn't meet your needs or doesn't meet your expectations or hopes. That's a moment of truth when you get the opportunity to demonstrate that you value yourself and, sh and show the other person what you need and find out if they are able and willing to meet those needs. Yeah. From the beginning. Yeah. Early on. Yes. Yes. And people say, Oh, it's too soon. You know, this was <laughs> the complaint. It takes three months before I'm comfortable telling them what I need. And I'm like too late. <laughs> They've already gotten used to you the way that you've been. 
Right. And uh, I, I dated somebody recently who was a terrible texter. And um, I had I had offered to come over to take a walk in the middle of the day and didn't hear back from him until that night. And he completely ignored the text uh, that, that I was going to come over and just said, oh, today was a really hard day. Um, can I call you tomorrow? And I was just like, you just completely ignored the fact that I made an effort to come mm. and see you. And mm. that was not okay. And mm. so I discussed it when this was pretty early on. I discussed it. I got curious. I did all the things that you've talked about before where, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm just trying to understand how you text because I've never mm, yes. been with anybody who texts so infrequently. And he said, no, I, I have my text turn off. I get too many texts during the day. I keep my notifications off and people mm -hmm. are really mad at me all the time. And, mm. and I said, well, I want to make a simple request. If I send you a text and it's time bound, can you please get back to me in a reasonable amount of time? And he said, of course, you know, I'm so sorry. He made an effort, but this was not his way. And the truth was he was a terrible texter and <laughs> he, and it got worse and worse as time went on. And it, oh. it was not good for my nervous system to not hear from him. And then all of a sudden he'd pop up. So mm. I made it clear, you know, I want to be with somebody who does this. And is that something that you can do? And it, yeah, yeah, I can. Well, let's mm -hmm. see. So exactly. sometimes people say it, yeah. but they don't follow through. <clears throat> but props so. to you for props to you for not pressuring or guilting him into doing it, but just asking an open-ended question. Mm -hmm. This is important to me. Is this do you feel up for that? Yeah. But ultimately, not, yeah. like you're saying, ultimately you don't really know on, based on what somebody says. You have to wait and see what they do. And the earlier that you bring this up, like you did, the sooner you can find out if the person's able or willing to meet those needs. Yeah, it's true. I think that people's biggest fear is being too needy. And I say, you become needy when your needs are not met. Then you That's become right. like, oh my God, <laughs> they're not meeting my needs. So right. I think we we have a lot of confusion around what neediness is. I think mm -hmm. we really need to work on bringing things up, seeing if people can follow through. And if not, they're not bad people. They're just not right for you. And it's better to know that sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So Trevor, I know you have a free gift for our audience. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, Sure. Uh, our main website is attractloveandrespect.com. And if you want to know how we help people or see success stories, you can check that out. But I also have a uh, special page set up for your listeners at attractlovegift.com. And uh, it's a PDF called Change Who You Attract and How You're Treated. And in there you find out, well, all the things that we're talking about, how to be more valued, how to feel respected, how to get your needs met, how to express your needs in a way that evokes empathy and brings people closer to you. I love it. I think, you know, it's a great, it's a great primer for everything that you stand for and what you do for your clients. And I think everybody can use some extra help in learning how to speak up, how to have our needs met, how to set those boundaries 
and start to become the person you want to attract. Mm -hmm. And that really is how it's done. So thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about this really important topic today, Trevor. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me here. You're welcome. And thanks everybody for listening. If you love our show, please give us a high rating on Apple Podcasts. And as always, here's to your last first date. If you are ready to get unstuck, gain new tools, become more empowered, and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half-hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. 